Hi everyone, it's Dave Thompson. Uh, let this just serve as a trigger warning for today's episode. It surrounds uh, child neglect, abuse, and wrongful death or murder. Uh, there's not going to be any cutesy music. There's not going to be any dad jokes or any fun banter between Josh and I in this episode. We thought it was important that we address a topic that's been on our minds for several weeks, that's been unfolding right in our backyard, and... Um, we, we just thought it was really important that we get involved. And even though we have a fun and lighthearted show, um, the real work we're doing is is trying to improve the lives of, of people with different brains. And that can mean a lot of things. Uh, so today's episode is not going to be like a lot of other episodes. So if you're here to have a good time, listen back to a previous episode or um, wait for a future episode because that is not what this is all about. So, um, here it is, guys. All right, Josh, uh, take it away. All right. Well, um, as you all know, I'm on the spectrum. A lot of our listeners are on the spectrum. Lots of my friends are on the spectrum. And also, an individual who was on the spectrum was a little boy named Thomas Valba, who was also a Long Islander like myself and a bunch of my friends and people who I know. Now, the reason I say was was because, you see, Thomas isn't with us anymore. Because very recently, allegedly, but we already know it. it's because of this, Thomas's father, who was also an NYPD officer, an individual who society trusted to uphold and protect the law, and someone who society that we should go to during our hardships and when we feel threatened was not someone who was there to protect his son. Now, the reason I say this about him not being there to protect his son is because over the past long time, the father was a source of evil for Thomas and his brothers. He would send them out, pants soiled, deny them food, and put them in the family garage. Not the family garage, his garage, because that's not family in my book. Evil is not family. And one day, Thomas was put freezing in the family garage or father's garage. The only difference was Thomas never made it out alive. Thomas froze to death in the father's garage. And I believe this was all caught on a nanny cam and instances leading up to this were. And as this is still an ongoing case, but as the details keep coming out and I look at them, it becomes more and more horrific. And we, we, we here at SLA just we feel that you all should know this. Because although it is 2020, a year that we always say, oh, that's the future. That although we have rockets which go to cosmos, we have jets which can take us from one point of the earth to the other in record time. We still have instances like this. And it baffles the mind. It really does. Why Why do we still have instances like this? It's a societal question. 
It's a thought-provoking question, and it's a fact that's disgusting, heinous, and disturbing. And um, as an actually autistic person, as a also a Long Islander, I felt sickened. A few days ago, I drove by the um, cemetery where Thomas is now. The little boy Thomas is now. Because I heard there might be a makeshift memorial. Although I couldn't find it, I couldn't help but look at the tombstones as I drove by. And thinking, oh, a lot of these people probably very elderly and went peacefully. But not Thomas. Thomas died because he was like me. Like a lot of my friends. A lot of people we all know. A lot of us. Now, the story as things come to light gets more and more disturbing. I did not even say nearly all the disturbing parts about that. But there's another fact in Thomas had brothers. Thomas's brother was also autistic. Thomas's brother also suffered in the hands of his father and his father's fiance who found joy in watching and partaking in such heinous activities. However, Thomas's brother now will have to live the rest of his life with the memory of that. No and questioning why is my brother not here? And the sickening answer to that is because his dad did not understand nor care about his differences. Just found it a nuisance. I, I don't know what to say about that. I really don't. I knew that we had to do something. I knew Dave, Dave knew we had to do something. So that's why this episode's here. And that's why we're going to be discussing this. Good job, man. Thank um, you. I I asked Josh this morning to write a monologue um, from the heart about how it made him feel and what his experiences have been in processing all this news. And um, he said he would, and, and I kind of I got on him this morning because he came in and he didn't have anything he he didn't have anything written down, um, and I I was a little ticked off because. You know, I always like to make sure we're prepared for as prepared as possible for the episode. Um, but Josh's mind doesn't work like everybody else's. And uh, he can really speak from the heart for five minutes, in fact, um, when, when he wants to and he knows what he wants to say. Um, so that, that, thank you for that, Josh, from the pers- from the perspective of someone who um, is affected by autism and, and as a Long Islander and as a young person. Um, you know, your voice is, is so, so important. And um, I think that this is the kind of work that you and I are meant to be doing as, as fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the Hollywood stuff has been important, too. I think it's been really but, fun. But this is more important. Well, honestly. you know, it all it all ties in together because the um, the societal opinions and, and thoughts of people that are different um, often come from the areas that we've been concentrating on like Hollywood. Um, but this is a really, um, this is a very acute case. This is a very particular and extreme case of what happens when people fall through the cracks, when people, um, 
don't appreciate each other's differences and figure out ways to accommodate those differences and to celebrate those differences. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy, but I'm happy we're doing it. Um, because you know, what a lot of people have been saying is I, I can't read past the headline. Um, but thank you for doing what you're doing or, um, you know, it's important that we talk about it, but it's extremely hard to talk about. So the fact that we're facing this head on is, um, is good. Okay. Um, and just for a little bit of background, um, I've been trying to unplug this winter a lot and spend time with my, my wife and my, my child. And I went to bed early a few weekends ago on a Saturday night, I think. And I woke up to a, a text, um, from George. George has, well, he was on the show, but <laughs> it wasn't, uh, we didn't, we weren't recording by accident. So he hasn't made it on the show yet, but we talk about him all the time. George Andriopoulos. Uh, he's a friend, he's a mentor, and he's the producer of the TEDx event that we did this past summer. But I, I woke up to this text from George. And George has nothing to do with the autism community except that he knows Josh and I. And he's a dad. And he's a local dad. He's a, he's a Long Island dad. And he was outraged. He was, he was pissed off. He was really, really upset. And uh, he's a sensitive guy like me and Josh. And, you know, ever since Ted and the journey that he went on with us, helping us prepare, he's been really invested in, in neurodiversity and celebrating people's differences and, and understanding that this is a big societal issue that he wants to get behind. And we've been in talks with George about some ways in which we can, you know, put his talents and our talents um, towards creating some positive change locally and, and nationally. Um, but the reason why he was so upset is because he heard this news and, um, he said, we have to do something and he's absolutely right. So I want to thank people like George who have nothing to do with this, but understand why it's so important. George does have a horse in the game. He's a dad. He's a Long Islander, right? And he's a person <laughs> and he understands that Thomas was going to grow up to be a man, just like George, just like Josh, just like me. And that opportunity is gone for, for what, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really disheartening sometimes to he to hear stuff like this. But, um, so I hit up Josh and, you know, it wasn't easy to talk to a, someone who was once a, a, an eight-year-old with autism about something like this. And we've been processing this over the past couple of weeks and uh, talking about what to do. And we still don't know what we're really going to do because we're going to do something. But um, we thought it was important to start this conversation. Right, Josh? Yeah. It's taken a while to kind of process this. Uh to kind of like to, to realize exactly what like you know sometimes you hear something but it doesn't really sink in for a while it, it took a little bit so when when it really sunk in like it started sinking and I, I knew I had to 
pay my respects to something, so I drove by a cemetery, but when it really sunk in was, you know, again, when I saw those, the tombstones, I mean, like, folks, that, that's final, that's, that's it, you know, game over, there's no, like, reset button, like, in a video game, and among those, Thomas is there, St. Charles, Thomas is there, and just the fact knowing that Thomas will always be there, Thomas will always be an eight-year-old there, and why? That that's that's when it kind of re-hit like a tractor trailer. That just you know, now there's this whole all the details in this thing are beyond disgusting. Um, let me just uh, this one which is in particular which kind of it's just creepy. You know, the, the father and the fiance he lived with also an evil woman. Uh. They had nanny cams set up all around the house, you know, like toy room or like that type of stuff, right? But they have one in the garage. Now you think, why Why you? Why would you, anyone put a nanny cam in the garage? And that's obviously where Thomas passed away. And it was labeled something interesting. It was labeled the boys' room. And that, that's where he and his brother were put. The camera which caught the footage of Thomas dying was called the boys' room. Let's go over a couple of the facts of the case because um, if, Evil if, sick if, people. if you're not familiar, this out unfolded. First, um, it was announced that a little boy collapsed in his driveway. That's what the father, the father said. said when they called 911 that my son collapsed in, his dr- in, in the driveway. Um, and he was brought to the hospital, and it was determined that he uh, died of hypothermia, hypothermia. His body temperature was like 76 degrees or something, when it should be 98.6, I think. Um, so he died of hypothermia, and so you ask yourself, why did this little 8-year-old boy get outside and stay outside, um, not dressed appropriately in the middle of the night, whatever? Um, and it wasn't because of a behavior, because he was running away or anything like that. It came out over time that... You know, like, oh, well, he was in the garage. Why was he in the garage? And, you know, over the past few weeks, it comes out that this was a this was a thing. This was where he and his brother, who's still with us, a 10-year-old brother, um, they, they spent nights there. I don't know if they slept. I'm not going to say slept. But they were, were put there like a cage. They were put in the garage in all weather. Um, and... That's not where the abuse stopped. I mean, it was it was constant. It was, um, you know, control over food, um, berating the boys in public, um, sending them to school in dirty diapers, um, dirty clothing with no food. Uh, and again, like Josh said, this was a police officer. I just want to make that clear. A police officer who was divorced mm-hmm. and... Um, engaged or married to someone new um, who also had kids and those kids were in the house and evidently those kids were treated fine um, I, I, I don't I'm I'm at a loss of where else to go from here because you know how much can you talk about how horrible it was I don't want to be exploitive I want to respect Thomas's life um, but I just want to be clear about the details of this case because 
they're important. One detail, which is also just so, so, so disgusting. I read recently, like a day or two ago, that apparently um, during one of the torment sessions or something, Thomas was in the garage a couple of days before he passed, and um, the fiancé texts um, the dad or something, like, hey, you know, Thomas isn't looking so good. And what does the dad say while on duty in his officer's uniform? He says, blank Thomas, and they say something like, I hate him, or, or so, something like that. And this is his son he's talking about. This is a disabled child, the most vulnerable society, and th this is how his own father, flesh and blood, in the officer's uniform, someone who is to serve and protect, you know, like, I, how, like, how, like, what, what, what has to be going on in that guy's brain to be able to, like, do that to his own kid? What has to be going on in that fiance's mind to be able to, like, watch and just be like, oh, it's okay, it's nothing, you know? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that, I mean, that, that's, that's evil right there, folks. I mean, if you don't understand evil, that, that, that's it. That's it. There is no other word. There's just it's plain simple evil. That that's what it is. And uh Yeah, and I mean I yeah, I mean I Yeah. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So, again, I mean, we're, I'm not, we're not ending the episode. I just want to say this though, quick, that you know, I like, I, I wish we did not have to do this episode. We, we should never have had to. No one should even have to talk about this because this should not have happened. This should not have happened. I mean, he he should still be around. I should not have had to drive to that cemetery, you know, folks. That's. We just that that's just that shouldn't. But unfortunately, that's what happened. And yeah. Um. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. And the 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 details of this case are still unfolding and. You know, the other kids involved in this case are still growing and, um, you know, we want to we want to help um, in any way we can. And we're not really sure exactly how, um, but we know a couple things. We know that um, we've been, we've already been doing some of this work, which is that society needs to um, have a, a different uh, mindset when it comes to people who are different. And we've been working towards that for over a year now. Um, but we also know, unfortunately, that it seems that the system, quote unquote, failed Thomas and his brother. Big time. Um, it appears that um, teachers and other people from the community called the state, called Child Protective Services about this situation. Uh, and apparently nothing or not enough was done um 
maybe that's because when, you know, you knock on their door and a police officer answers, you know, he knows the right things to say and uh, is trusted more than a lot of other people. Um, but the system is definitely broken. We want to know how uh, dad ended up with custody, full custody of the kids. Um, now mom has um, the other two boys in her care for now. Um, and we, we want to... It, it's just so frustrating to me as a dad um, to know that there are other parents out there in the world that think like this like as a parent your your instinct is that that's your that's your flesh and blood that's your that's your life right there that's what you've been working towards and that's who you're putting your energy and your love and your time and your money and your resources into to to nourish and to help grow and to create something you know someone wonderful to think that someone would ever want to do the opposite just blows my mind and um it's it's really really hard for me to even think about um so we're gonna do something right josh yeah we have to there's no doubt about it we have to there is a lot of information out on this case um that the nanny has been on Dr. Oz, the, you know, there's, there's been a lot of shows, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of news coverage, and there is a GoFundMe page that has raised $70,000, um, for the other siblings and for, uh, the mother to take care of expenses. So you can definitely donate to that. Um, and locally on Long Island, I know that there are a lot of memorials and mm-hmm. food drives and, and, um, there's going to be a, a car show in March, um, uh, all different kinds of events coming up to raise money and awareness and resources um, ar- around this case. So we'll we'll be there and um, we'll, we'll be doing other things as well. Um, we're just not quite ready to hone in on that yet. We're still yeah. just kind of processing how to deal with all this. Yeah, it's horrible and like I was saying with the, the system failing uh, there's again facts are still coming out so depending on when you listen to this more information may be out but at this moment February 14th um, there are some things which are out so first of all we really know like Remember, keep this in mind, the, the dad, he was a cop, right? A trusted individual in society. He was also having me a cop who, you know, he had he had some cash to splash, right? Now, before I go any further, I'm not saying money is good or bad. I am saying that money is good in good hands, but bad in bad hands. So, the mother... When they're going to, to battle over custody, mother didn't have that much money. The father did, so he threw it all at a good lawyer, gets the custody of the kids. 
shouldn't have had that. But they were in court. When the mom was in court for many things, the judge would say things like, stop talking to the mom. That's not very professional. Of a judge of the legal system, He the, the judge is currently under fire for just dismissing this mother, for just like talking so down to her, not taking her seriously. Just This is a judge. So on one hand, we have a cop who kills his autistic kid. Now we have a judge who just like, just treats this like it's nothing like saying, oh, I'm just dismissing the mom. I mean, this, this is where Dave and I live in Long Island. Like, this is extremely concerning. Like, there is a lot, a lot wrong here. And I'm nervous to find out more details when they come out. I mean, we already have this and this isn't all of it. So just, just I can't even imagine what else we're going to find out in the coming weeks. This is this is disgusting. Um, in September 2017, the mother says father failed to pick up the kids 29 times. 29 times. That's not oops. You, you know I was stuck in traffic. 29 times. I mean, just. Between the years of 2014 to 2019, there were 21 911 calls to the Nassau County Police Department, mostly over visitation disputes and stuff. But like, did you just these numbers are they? they this should not happen. This should not happen. I mean, like, if, I mean, if I speed, I mean, the, the officers are quick to pull me over. But this, I mean, oh. Like, look at these numbers, like, what, what, wow, just, yeah, so, the mother, I, I don't know the date on this, but the mother attempted to provide the court a flash drive. On that flash drive was proof of abuse. And come on, like, there, there is no excuse for the legal system. Or, I mean, this is, this is like a deep problem. I mean, th this is a societal problem. I mean, how much further is this thing going to go? And how, what's this all going to lead to? I don't, again, I don't know. At the date of February 14th, I don't know with what is out. But what I do know is this is wrong. And this is a blemish on society that, that this happened. You, you know, again, I'll say it again. This is 2020. We always talked about how this is the future. We can go to space. We can fly around the world. There are submarines that go to the bottom of the ocean. Yet this still happens. I mean, this, this, this should not. This is, this is so wrong. And to the extent that this happened to, that this criminal heinous act happened, just, wow, you know, shame on those who let this happen.
In my eyes, they're just as bad as a father. And they partook just as much because they let it happen. They had the power to stop it. They had the power to do something. Now they could make all the excuses. Oh, I had too much, too big of a caseload. It, it, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, a little boy is dead because of it. And the way he died in his last moments on earth. They, I, I don't even think they do that in like Gitmo. I mean, to be real, this is, this is horrible. I mean, so disgusting. So disgusting. Yeah. But on a, on a positive-ish note, Josh, don't you think that um, it's good that, that there's so many people rallying behind this family and, well, not part of the family, but around the brother and, and the mother and um, that we are going to do things and, and that this is not over and this whole this whole expose a, a broken system and, and a societal issue that we need to talk about. Yeah, I, and I would normally focus on the positive, but the thing is where the problems are at, the, the, like the backbone, the, the legal system, the, just, that's concerning because, you know, at the end of the day, there's power in the people, but it's also power in like the legal system. And the fact that that let this slide through the cracks to the point where a boy died and the way he died and what his brothers went through and just everything, that, there needs to be change. There has to be. I mean, it's that. It's not even supposed to get this close, folks. I mean, it's like, look, if you get a cut, what do you do? You put a Band-Aid on it. That's how you fix it. You don't wait until your arm gets so infected they need to amputate it. That's how long they've waited. The arm's been amputated. They didn't put a Band-Aid on the cut. They didn't go to get a splint. No, they waited for the arm to be amputated. That's how, you know, it, it should never come even close to this. I mean, again, end of the day, there is a tombstone in that cemetery for a little eight-year-old autistic boy. And no matter, no matter what, because people did not do their job. People did not look at the signs, did not open their ears, and the ones who did failed to act or just looked the other way because they didn't want to see the ugly. That there, again, normally I'm a positive person, and I, I, I am, but in this, there are certain instances where there's an exception, and I cannot be positive about this. I can react and do something, but this instance, again, this is an evil instance. This is not bad. This is evil. What happened here was evil, and I've never said that word on this show, and I hope to God I don't ever have to again, but this was evil. This was pure and simple. This was evil. So, um, yeah, this just, you know, and honestly, this pisses me off. This, this should not have happened. This re, uh, this, this should not have happened. This re, you know, that, I mean, because like, like, you know, I, I live along, I drive around and I see officer cars and stuff and they represent the system and the system failed. Now, I'm not bashing officers. Like, I don't want anyone to think that. I, look, I love officers. I, I love everything. But the thing is that the system failed. So, so something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. And I think it's going to take a group effort, a societal group effort to fix it. But if this is not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. What, what, what else is? Literally an 8-year-old autistic boy died. What, uh, 
by being tortured. What is a bigger wake-up call than that? If, if you... I, I don't think there is. And if there is one, I don't want to know. Because I, I don't want to know. Just, yeah. This, just... God do something because I'm... Yeah. Yeah, just sick. So I, I reached out on Instagram and I... I uh, asked people what they thought of this case, and you know, obviously, got a lot of of responses, and a lot of it's kind of been covered throughout the episode. So thank you, everyone, for your input. Yeah, thank you. Um, but but some of the the comments were, um, um, it's so important that although it's difficult, stories like this get told. That abuse has always been a fear, that even though we've come so far as a society. These things will still happen, and that's why spreading knowledge and acceptance is so important. How terrible. R.I.P. Um, I want in. Let's talk and spark some change. This was this has re- reinvigorated my spark for our forthcoming event. Hit me up. That's from George. Um, I applaud you for being a big voice. I couldn't read past the headline. It was too hard for me. My heart breaks for these angels. Um... I'm so glad you guys are bringing this to light. Such a horrific story, but for the sake of those boys, his father, and anyone else complacent in the abuse need to be held accountable. It's so heart-wrenching. As a mom, I think to myself, how does anyone harm a child? And, th- and why didn't any of the attempts to get these boys help work? I read the reports and it made me sick, but it's also an important topic not to ignore. unbelievably heartbreaking you wonder how people didn't step in and get help until help came there must have been someone who knew what was truly going on behind the doors of that house as horrific as it is people need to hear these stories changes must be made awareness isn't enough yeah so thank you to those who left those comments so yeah, with that being said, I mean, I, look, honestly, I don't know how much longer I could talk about this. This is just so beyond upsetting. Um, Yeah, so if you want to find out more, I mean, you just look up on Google Thomas Valba. And um, just, yeah, so uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so after this, we'll, we'll, be go, we'll be back to, like, our happy, you know, ourselves. But, again, something like this, we... We feel we have kind of a civic duty to talk about it. I mean, how can you advocate if you only talk about like, the real positives or like you know, some or some of the negatives? But when something like so bad happens, you you gotta bring it up. So as at for the sake of advocacy, we felt it was very important that we let you know, and also so that we made that post on Instagram because I know for a fact when I speak to some of our followers. Again, they go from England to like even Australia, so uh, it's important for them to know too, because the autism community goes from country to country. To, it it knows no anything, so it's important for all of us to know about this, because no matter where it happens, it affects all of us. And this could happen anywhere, anywhere. So I'm very happy that everyone is now aware of this, and now with that knowledge, we can. We can hopefully make sure this never happens again. And if we see warning signs, we'll do something about it. Yeah, 
great note to, to end on, Josh. And with that, yeah. be, with that being said, yeah, let, let, um, let's we'll, end this one. Yeah, we'll bring the music back next episode. Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Uh, check out soundslikeautism.com and uh, watch out for updates on this case and, and yeah. for what we're doing to uh, to make sure that things like this just don't happen. Yeah. Okay? Not acceptable. Um, thank you so much for listening and for your strengths uh, yeah, in this you. community. Bye. Okay, bye.